Good morning. This is the Frank Skinner Show on Absolute Radio. I have a bit of a, I'm going to go frankless task this morning mm-hmm. because the producer loved that so much she reacted. <laughs> I have to tell you that His Excellency, our supreme beloved leader, commander, oh no, that's someone else, um, Mr. Frank, let's call him, that's what Basil Brush calls him. He can't be with us this morning. I'm devastated. I know you will be. But, you know, we miss him and we will do our very best to keep you entertained without him. And, you know, we weep when they're gone, we smile when they return. Bit of 19th century poet Emily Dickinson for you on Absolute Radio this morning. I'm not alone, not in the studio anyway. Um, I'm joined this morning, as usual, by a Manchester correspondent, Mr Alan Cockrell. Cochrane. In the midst of Cockrell. <laughs> see what Morning. Oh, why did he add that bit at the end, Frank, to that jingle? It's so disrespectful. Like um, morning, Cockrell. Morning. And in the studio, I'm not alone. I'm joined by the very fabulous stand-up, Pierre Novelli. Hello. Did I say that right? Uh, you gave it a bit of spice, which I quite liked. There was a bit of spin on that on that ball. I like it. I feel a bit like I'm addressing a sort of fr- uh, Parisian fashion designer who won't allow carbs in his atelier. Yes. <laughs> Pierre yes. Novelli. Someone who orders desserts to look at them and cast them aside. My favourite kind of person. <laughs> um, Pierre is, I'm just going to say, I've seen something about you on Chortel. What does it say about oh, you dear. on Chortel, Al? I don't know, I haven't looked at it for years, but um, I can't imagine it's all good. (laughs) Well, I've looked up... I'll tell you what it says about Pierre. Oh, God. Slick and slightly offbeat. Slick and slightly offbeat. Oh. What do you think it says about me? Short and slightly obnoxious. (laughs) What do you think... Would you describe yourself as slick and slightly offbeat? I think if I did, you'd have to shoot me, wouldn't you? <laughs> I think you'd be legally obliged to execute someone who talks about themselves like that. <laughs> um, well, it's lovely to have you here. I should say, I've got to do all the housekeeping. You can... I'm the lady, so I do all the housekeeping. Yes. We keep things old school here. Yes. You can text the show on 8 12 15, and please do. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio, or you can email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co. UK. Pierre. Oh, I feel very glamorous. Oh, I didn't do a jingle for Pierre. I've got one, Al. What about this? <laughs> oh, nice. Very nice. Hello. I'm slick and slightly offbeat. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Upon meeting someone, first Uh-oh. thing I'll say now. I love this. There's you... quite a sort of speed dating vibe to that. Oh, was there? <laughs> yeah, get across who you are. Hello, I like well, this is Next. my <laughs> and alone. <laughs> this is my first meeting with Pierre, so it did yes. feel like a bit of a blind date. Yes, but I think it's going well so far. I think so. Okay, Uh-oh. good. Um, so the big question I have to ask you boys is this: I mean, obviously there was, you know, a lot of devastation and chaos yesterday, but amongst all this, there was one bright spot. For me, anyway, which was Big Jet TV. Yes, uh, I've heard this being discussed, but I've not yet witnessed. I've uh, I've seen some clips. I uh, I think anything that brings that level of enthusiasm to to transport's going to go going to go viral at some point. <laughs> Every dog will have its day. I mean, we should explain. It's for anyone who didn't see Big Jet TV, and those people will be deleted from my contacts list. It was essentially a couple of plane spotters, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. who sort of stream landings live on yeah. Twitter. And it turned out to be the most gripping thing. They were There were planes queuing up to land in these winds. And obviously, you know, there is a slightly wiristic, slightly worrying element to it. Yes. The sort of will they, mm-hmm. won't they? <laughs> yes. Would you both agree? Yes, when, when you see yeah, a plane... Yeah, yeah, when you see a plane give up... On landing, and you get to imagine all the passengers, the groan, the collective groan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was an element of that. But the host, Jerry, I mean, he is something else. 
And at one point yesterday, I was so excited, I was actually on the phone to Buzz, Frank's son, <laughs> and I said, Buzz, turn on the TV. I mean, it was like Kennedy or something. That was my Kennedy. And you said, no, not that TV, Big Jet TV. Yes. And he said, what do you mean? Why are you making me watch that? I said, Buzz, type in Big Jet TV. You won't be disappointed. We were gripped. We were on the phone together for half an hour watching it. <laughs> Jerry is great because Jerry has a very definite presenting style and he uses a lot of aviation lingo. He likes to know... He likes to sort of demonstrate that he knows his onions. Yeah. And... At one point, I think this might have been one of my favourite moments on Big Jet TV, Jerry said, well, he'll say things like this. He'll say, here she comes, the big lady of the skies, the <laughs> A380. Bit of a stubby <laughs> undercarriage there. I mean, how dare you? Frank Skinner. What's that noise? Sorry, that was me watching Big Jet TV. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought I would turn it off before we started again. Sorry. No, do you know, I, I thoroughly approve. I love what a diehard fan you are. That you just, can't even avoid watching it during working hours. Well, when you mentioned it in the last link, I, uh, I thought I'd heard about it on the radio, but I haven't looked at it. And um, it seems that my YouTube algorithm... Uh, there's there's no level of boringness that it won't consider appropriate to show me. <laughs> so I'm actually surprised uh, that I haven't heard of Big Jet TV because these people... like I think a lot of people would scoff at them, wouldn't they? Because they're sort of plane spotters and whatever. So the scoffed at are the sort of people that YouTube shows me. Um, but, yeah, that was good. I enjoyed I, it. Can I tell you another... I mean, Jerry's catchphrases... Yeah. One of my favourite Jerryisms. He says this a lot. He'll say as the plane's coming into land, he'll say, "Nice little waggle of the elevators there." Oh yeah. <laughs> Sometimes he'll say elevator paddles, and that—that's a special uh, one for me. I tell you what he said about one landing. He said, almost, almost flirtatious. That landing, really? you could say. He's like a wine taster. <laughs> It's a very sophisticated type of flirting, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Well, almost flirtatious landing of the plane. I don't think I'd pick up on that if I was the um, the person being flirted with. Or, well, a, or I tell a passenger. You, he uses the same emphasis as a sports commentator. Yes. Like mm -hmm. commentating on a, maybe a gymnastics display. He'll talk about yeah. textbook landings and he's very into uh, feminising the planes. Yes. Bringing her right. down gently. Yeah, yes. they're called she, aren't they? Yeah, is that a sort of naval thing originally? Boats, yeah. boats were always a she. I think it's a Jerry thing. Ah. Okay. Mm. I do love his... I like his naturalism. I promise I am going to stop talking about Big Jet TV at some point in a few <laughs> months' make time. Any promises you might not keep. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I love most about Jerry? Is he signs off in a very unconventional way. Because, you know, normally with broadcasts, and, this, you know, Jerry will say, thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. It's been uh, quite a busy day on Big Jet TV. Mm -hmm. uh, I will see you again on Sunday. He's taking the day off today. Is it? <laughs> Bit of a strange decision from a commercial point of view, but, you know, who am I to question Big Jerry's decisions? Uh, so, thank you, everyone. It's been a wonderful day. Thanks from all of us at Big Jet TV. Now, normally at this point, you'd expect the broadcast to stop, but Jerry doesn't bother turning the cameras off. So you right. then see him rooting around for his coat, <laughs> saying, oh, God, I've got a pounding headache. Stop. Have you got my mobile? I mean, can you imagine if a chat show host did that? Graham Norton did that. I mean, I suppose pounding headaches are a hazard if you spend all day in a flight path. I, I, was, I was going to say, it's a bit rich to spend the day underneath landing jets and be surprised yeah. <laughs> you've got a headache. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Since I've been doing this job, I'm really struggling with headaches for some reason. But can you imagine if they did that on the news? I would great. love it. I love a chaotic ending. Why do you think I work on this show? I love no. chaos. If a news presenter just said... Well, it's good night from all of us here in the studio. Has someone got my phone? <laughs> um, has anybody got a Nurofen? I've got such a headache. Just started like eating it. a pack of Revels. <laughs> I like the old days when they shuffled papers. Yes. Those have gone, haven't they? Darling, we all love the old days. Frank <laughs> Skinner on Absolute Radio.
<laughs> this is Absolute Radio, by the way. I'm really sorry that Frank Skinner isn't here today, but I am here with the very wonderful Pierre Novelli Hello. and Alan Cochran. Do you want your jingles again, boys? You got this. I'm all right. In the midst of... Well, you're getting it anyway. See what you think. And then we have a bit of French, a bit of Italian, all your brasserie needs covered, Pianovelli. Do you feel more French or more Italian? That question to Pianovelli. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm not. I've got no uh, direct connection with either, apart oh from the. Oh God! I names. made a terrible error. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but in the, uh, but I, I had to learn French at uh, at school, so I suppose that's well, already you know. Yeah. That's that's a pretty strong start. And yeah, we should pick as- French then. Yeah. <laughs> we should establish. You have um, a lovely. I find it rather touching. A sort of bromance with Frank. Yes. You two spend a lot of time in Anglo-Saxon ruins together. Am I right in thinking that? Yes. That's how we met. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Talk me through those experiences. Well, it was uh, I was Frank's tour support, and uh, so we made sure, as as a couple of Anglo uh, saxophonists, that, uh, that that's not a thing. <laughs> you, oh, please don't tell me you've got a band. If you two have a band called the Anglo Saxophonists, I'm walking. <laughs> jazz sort of jazz bead covers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, do you like the Venerable Bead as well? I, Frank and I went to Bead World. I don't think it was open. Oh. Was it open or we just went around the museum bit? I'm getting, I might be getting Bead World mixed up with a museum about Bead. Okay. There's well, a lot we'll, of Bead. We'll be, hearing from, we'll be hearing from Frank if you've got your beads wrong. <laughs> Let me tell you. What, can I ask you, now he's yeah. not here, mm-hmm. no one a friend's not here, you can you know, say what you like, really. Sure. Uh, what is it that he loves about cathedrals? Cathedrals? Mm. Ah, what's, I mean, what's not to love about cathedrals? <laughs> I'm, I'm starting I mean, to I'm, see why you get along so well. Ca- castles, yeah. of, castles of the sky. I'm still getting... Go on, Al. I'm a secular atheist and I like them. So oh, I do think you? I can yeah. totally see why somebody that's into that stuff would be really into it. Even more so, yeah. But... Oh, yeah. They definitely won on the architecture, historically. Would you <laughs> yes. be in a band the called the... A jazz band called the Anglo-Saxophonists? Eight, twelve, fifteen. Can I talk to you both about? Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. In fact, it's a contractual obligation. I would suggest. <laughs> okay, there's a specific, there's a challenging incident I had out at the vets. I had an oh, appointment yeah. at the vets. Mm. I was getting my injections. Um, I, I should say I'm a dog owner, Pierre. Are you a, a vexier? Uh, not at the moment, but I, I grew up. Was not raised by, but grew up around dogs. <laughs> was not raised oh. by. It sounded a bit like I was saying I grew up in a pack. But uh, well, yeah. Alan, if you got a dog, what dog would you get? Ooh, um, my partner likes small wheezing dogs, and I, oh, I'm dear. not a fan. Oh. I want a proper, a proper dog that will survive the winter. Okay, I don't think you'd like my dog then. <laughs> uh, Alan has. It's a whippet, yours, isn't it, Al? She is. She is. Okay. So. I have a petite imperial shih tzu called Raymond. Get right. cream for that. Sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. My condolences, yes. <laughs> Why did I know you were going to say that? I mean, I knew you were going to say that, Al, but I expected better from a member of the Anglo-Saxophonists. <laughs> I took him in for his jabs this week. My dog is a bit of a headline act mm. at the vet's. Mm-hmm. You know the type. He's a very look-at-me dog. You've seen him, Al, haven't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, would you agree? He knows how to work a crowd. He's a real head-turner. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it. Do you know? That might be the nicest compliment you've ever given me. And it was about <laughs> my dog. Thank you. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Oh, I was telling you about the vet. Yes. Wasn't I? Mm-hmm. One of my fascinating stories about the vet. <laughs> so I took my Imperial Shih Tzu Raymond for his jabs and he's very popular there and we were the only clients, customers in patients. the vet oh patients, I don't mm. like the plural I mean I wasn't <laughs> planning on having any procedures <laughs> done so the receptionists and the, the various veterinary assistants there, you know they did their customary ooing and ahhing 
I'm quite used to it, but I like it because I get all the praise. I don't have to do any of the work. It's great. It's mm. like walking down the street with Frank, um, except I don't, you know, obviously have to take care of his toilet habits. But as <laughs> we're sitting there and I'm feeling a bit drunk on praise, a lady walked in, another receptionist, and you know what she said? Bear in mind, I'm the only customer in there. Yeah. And Raymond is the only animal in there. She said very loudly, Oh, what's that stink in here? In a vet's. <laughs> yeah. This is like the jet headaches all over again. <laughs> <laughs> These people don't seem to know where they were. <laughs> and I thought, I don't like that. No. Because... I think you are slightly narrowing down the list of suspects. If you're addressing mm. your colleagues, you're assuming it's not them, and you're saying it loudly in front of me. I mean, do you think that was aimed at me, Al? Well, it depends, really, because um, I'd like to give the member of staff the benefit of the doubt, and I think there could <laughs> be somebody... like. <laughs> I know. There could be somebody in the wings who eats mackerel for lunch every day and and they're they're trying to make a sort of a passive-aggressive point like you shouldn't be eating that at work because it stinks the whole veterinarian place out. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know what I mean, that's called. obviously Vets. a rational way of dealing with it. Mm. That's not my style, right. Pierre. Okay. Um, so I felt it was being strongly implied that I was responsible for the smell. You, you personally, personally, not yes. even the dog. Not my dog. That is brutal. I, <laughs> I took it very personally. And I just feel, you know, OK, let's roll. Yeah. Let's roll, Did let's do this. Did you say something like, it's it's my library scent? Because you use a scent <laughs> library, don't you, now? No, do you know what I said? I said, I'm sorry, does something smell? Oh, that's good. Oh. That's bold. That's bold, wasn't it? <laughs> I went in strong. I went in hard. Yeah, and... and in that moment, did they realise that you were the only customer in the room? Well, you know what? I think if you start off with a bit of passive aggression, mm -hmm. the beauty of that, you can always build. Yeah. You can always mm. build on that. Whereas if you'd punched her in the face immediately, <laughs> you'd have nowhere to go. Yeah. Does this story end with you scratching her eyes out? Is that what happened? <laughs> she wasn't phased. I'll give her that. Okay. Oh, she wasn't backing way. down. She said, yeah, something really stinks in here. And then she said, I tell you what it smells like, old mothballs. Uh -oh. Old mothballs. None taken. I mean, I've had some nicknames Which... in my time. <laughs> That's one of my online that... names. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're probably getting a bit of a picture of me, Pierre. Yeah. Do you think I left that? No, I think you, I think you launched Raymond at her, <laughs> like a grenade. <laughs> what do you think happened now? I dread to think. You'll find out in a minute. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. I was telling you about my experience at the vets. About my, your you were in the middle of some beef, weren't you? <laughs> with some um, rap-style beef starting. <laughs> with my imperial shih tzu, Raymond. So, yeah, the woman had, at the vets had essentially called me old mothballs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is much worse than fresh mothballs. It's <laughs> <laughs> a different accusation. I don't know. I quite like the vintage vibe. <laughs> but she called me old mothballs. She'd said there'd been a smell. She then said it's not my mothballs, which I felt was clearly indicating it wasn't the dog that she was referring to. I did happen to have a fun fur coat on in a uh, sort of blush yeah. colour, actually. Oh. And, oh, what is there? You've got a problem with blush on there? No, I was just... Okay. Um, oh, that's, I was changing the picture in my head. <laughs> oh, are you imagining me in biker leathers? It, just, it wasn't a blush colour, so I just okay. coloured it in well, in my mind's eye, as it were. OK, well, that's what I was wearing. And I thought, is she suggesting my coat smells of old mothballs? Uh, that's where I went. Yes. Um, um, do you think Ray was thinking the same thing? <laughs> No, do you know what? I think Ray was blissfully ignorant of all of these shenanigans. Mm. Because unlike me, he has a very pure heart. Right. Uh, so I said, when, when she said it was old mothballs, I said, I gave her an out. I gave her an out. Uh, I said, you know what, it's probably my dog, he needs a bath. Okay, noble. The olive branch proffered. <laughs> 
Australia. I'd be scared to say that in a vet in case they say, oh, that's this extra service that we offer. That would be 35 more quid plus um, back, probably. Yeah. Alan, Alan doesn't like spending spending the pennies. Right. Yeah. No, I meant plus VAT. They've got a VAT at my vets. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. And so I didn't... I, I gave her an out there. I said, it's probably my dog. He mm. needs a bath. Would you have grasped hold of that? I think you would have. And do you know what she said? Do you know what she said? She said, <laughs> no, it's you. I think you well, she stink, well Adam, and point right at your face. Do you know what she said? What? I'll ask you again. Do you know what she said? No. She said, I don't think it's the dog. No. <laughs> she did. She did. <laughs> did she get any more specific? Did she say, like, it's your breath, it's your armpits, it's your, your insoles? Do you think it's your shoes? I what? just thought it was odd to flout the social contract like that. Did a bunch of old mothballs mm. tumble from her pockets? <laughs> <laughs> she was trying well, to she could have herself. said, of course it's not you. Don't be silly, but she didn't anyway. In the end, I decided I'm just going to deal with this face on. So I came out of our appointment, Raymond had his jabs, and as I emerged, I thought, let's save this through the restorative medium of comedy. That can, mm-hmm. you know, we can have harmony restored. Yeah. Like at the end of a Shakespeare play. And I looked over at her, and I thought, I'll make a little gentle joke at her expense. I, and I said to Raymond, I turned around to him, Pierre, you're looking alarmed at that. <laughs> I said, all right, we're all done now. And I turned to Raymond, I said, come on, old mothballs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And she was very decent about it. She looked at me, I think she got it. I think she finally got it. Okay. Oh. She laughed, the other receptionist laughed, I laughed, even Raymond, a little smile played on his mouth. <laughs> and she said, I, well, she said, I promise you don't smell that bad. I like that. Ooh. God, well, that's not... That's <laughs> That's not her being good about anything, is it? Oh, my Lord. Oh, do you think not? Is this a fur thing? Does she think your fur was re- was like a real... I don't have fur. Oh, you mean my coat? Yeah. Oh, OK. I don't know. No, I don't think it was. I was thinking she'd actually been very nice. OK, well, now you've said that, Pierre, I'm going to go back there. Yeah. We'll all go. <gasps> the vigilantes. Kick the door in. The vigil... Do you know, I didn't know Pierre was like this. Yeah. I'm really warming to you. Is that right? <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. Um, this is Absolute Radio. Our lovely Frank Skinner cannot be here with us this morning, but we have Pierre Novelli. I think I say that in a slightly self-conscious, all oh, the French exchange is coming over way. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, maybe. Everyone's very afraid of the name. Oh, and uh, you know I'm a stand-up, and and compares MCs will double check. So can you say it confidently for me? Pierre Novelli. Pierre Novelli. He should be able to say his own name confidently. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy the accordion music. It feels like it would lend a, an, an air of looseness to sort of you know retiling a bathroom or anything like that. You could do with that music playing and feel a bit like. What do you think? What do you imagine doing to this music? <laughs> uh, being shot against a wall. Typical. <laughs> <laughs> being blindfolded. Yes, that's a, true. By a squat. <laughs> that's one of Frank's favourites. It's very good. I do enjoy it. Um, we have a lot to get through this morning, but there's something. Oh, I didn't mention. We also have, of course, the fabulous Alan Cockrell. Cochrane, I was going to play your, I'm going to call it your Yorkshire-based in the midst of Cockrell. Uh, That's fine. It makes me hungry like because one? of that Hovis music. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Hovis? Oh, what about this so, yeah, for both of you? I mean, I hate to play school teacher, but is it not the top of the hour? Should we not be doing that um, all that stuff that comes you know, the top of the hour? You love to play school teacher, and I like that about you. <laughs> um, you can text the show on 812.15. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram, at Frank on the radio, or you can email the show, email the show, via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. I, I will ask you this at, at regular intervals, Pierre. Yes. When you and Frank go round the ruins... Yes, so to speak. 
Do you mm. make VIP requests? Do you get special treatment? Well, oh, yeah. uh, we were lucky enough to have a, a very competent uh, tour manager who mm. would call ahead and, and say, you know, the Anglo-Saxonists <laughs> are in town, they're coming. <laughs> you, special arrangements have to be made, taken into account. And I will say, I mean, I, I, I studied the Anglo-Saxons at, at university and uh, I've oh, seen... Do you know? I'm, I'm just saying, I find that quite alluring. <laughs> it's, it, everyone's got their the different things. the first time for everything. <laughs> I, uh, I will say, I, I, I met up with one of my old lecturers and I, I said to her, oh, you know, I, Frank and I, we, we, we got into Essex Cathedral and we saw all the sort of manuscripts and uh, I've, I've touched the Galloway Horde. Shout out to the Galloway Horde. <laughs> and it, it, it's very hard to give people who aren't, didn't study it an idea of what we're talking about but just to say that my lecturer was furious oh that i had done I these things the galloway horde though would be a great follow-up to i kissed a girl and i liked it <laughs> yes. i love that it's the lesser known follow-up but yeah. you see it's interesting for the tour manager because obviously i mean he doesn't get that presumably he's worked with the likes of white snake yes he'd mm. done some quite rock and roll stuff i think it was the, this was the first time he'd been asked was uh, it a first uh, I think it was it might have been his, his first comedy tour, but it was definitely the first time he'd been asked to ring an Anglo-Saxon ossuary. <laughs> yeah. To see if we could look at the bones. <laughs> oh, I love this. Um, what's been happening other than Big Jet TV? Because obviously that's all I really care about <clears throat> right now. Well, Let's be honest. I, I'm, I'm honestly worried about what you've done to my algorithm for the YouTube because... Uh, now it's it's violence and home cooking and big jets being landed. <laughs> um, that's mainly oh, what my it's the YouTube is anyway. Oh, what's <laughs> your, that's a good text in. What's your YouTube algorithm? A twelve fifteen. Mine yeah. mine's complicated. I would say it's uh, dogs, self help mm. and a bit of Jay Z. Oh, okay. really? Piano Valley, don't want to put you, don't want to give you a hospital pass there, but... Uh, clips of Norm MacDonald being interviewed. A lot oh, of I thought that. you were going to say clips of Norman architecture. <laughs> Just footage. <laughs> <laughs> um, clips of Norm MacDonald being interviewed, uh, background music compilations for when I'm doing other things. Um, and just sort of, it's, it's, it's been warped by me looking at my own YouTube videos and trying to see how many views I have, to be honest. Uh, ah. Yeah, yeah, what fabulous honesty. Yeah. Fabulous Are you sure you haven't got some venerable bead in there? <laughs> <laughs> I, le I leave that to the, to the page. Oh, do you know, he's very clever, this one, isn't he? Mm. Um... Okay, I think we need to go to a break now. I don't really know. Frank's very good at getting out these links. So I think what we really need with us is... Hello, Mr. Radio. But he's not here. So, so how do we get out of this, Pierre? How do we flee the link? <laughs> That'll do. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Uh, I'd like to bring to your attention a, a headline. Worst gift ever, question mark. Um, I've seen a news story. A husband bought his wife spring onions thinking that they were daffodils for, uh, for Valentine's Day. In a news oh. story that you think might be the script for a new Specsavers advert. <laughs> but it isn't. It's... Uh, and I, I feel bad for the, uh, the husband in question. His name is John Musk or, as the son write him up, hapless John Musk, <laughs> 53. I, and, I saw this yeah. story, Al, and we should tell Pierre, I mean, perhaps you can explain, I refer to the O's, I can't even say them. <laughs> the O's. The O's. Beelzebub's staple diet. They make me so ill, onions. Yeah. I mean... It's a hatred, it's a phobia, it's all sorts of things. Al, you're familiar with my phobia about the O's, aren't you? Yeah. Emily is one of those people that will ask any uh, serving staff to make sure there's no onions in stuff, regardless of what it is that she's ordering. Cheesecake. <laughs> there's no onions in that. <laughs> you know, I'm only kidding, you don't order cheesecake. No, but, but I have... Um, I, you know why? Because it creeps in. They're so ubiquitous. They're the base for most yeah. savoury dishes. But how sensitive mm -hmm. is your onion-ometer? Oh, you don't know. I've sat in this studio yeah. and I've said, I smell onions. 
And then I've looked mm-hmm. in the apartment block opposite and I've seen <laughs> in the kitchen someone frying. And I think it's coming through mm-hmm. the air conditioning out of the building into here. That's how sensitive my smell. I can smell it miles away. It's verging on psychic powers. I thought you were going to say something else. I thought you were going to say psychotic. (laughs) Um, I've learnt, though, that there there is a sort of compassion and tolerance. For people that don't like anchovies, you lot are fine. People say, oh, yeah, of course. No anchovies, that's fine. Okay. If you don't like onions, you get abused. You're a weirdo. Yeah, thank you, Alan. (laughs) And when I go to events or I'm flying, and obviously you have to fill out your dietary requirements... I've learnt never to just say no onions because they don't take you seriously. No. Do you know what I say? Right. And people sometimes daffodils, mock me. <laughs> no onions, no daffodils. You know what I say? I say I find onions very distressing. Uh, very distressing. Yeah. Right. Does that open enough of a window in their mind as to the sort of trouble they'll be in should they ignore you? <laughs> Mostly they smirk. Yes. But that's okay. Smirking is fine. It's very fashionable to ramp everything up into some sort of um, anxiety <laughs> disorder, though, isn't it? Like, very well, distressing. Lo- it's not just you don't not like Not for the first time. I'm ahead of the curve on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been fearing onions for some decades. It's genuine a, fear. That's a Smith's lyric, isn't it? <laughs> well, well, it's anything... You're that you're not Donna Musk, who's... Uh, yes, Donna Musk. Uh, hapless John Musk... I mean, I I feel a bit sorry for him in a way because I think actually, um, what he did was was quite loving. He he looked at his wife Donna and he thought, I want Donna with onions. Um, <laughs> kebab joke. Yes, I know. Kebab joke. Donna Donna with onions. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I felt you deserved something for that. Kwakshuni, I felt you wanted something yeah. for that, and you got it. <laughs> yeah. Are you happy now? Thanks, thanks guys. Okay, yeah. you got your propers. Yeah, I felt this. <laughs> this man was called John Mask. Mm. I like that name. Yeah, he should really be in a perfume store, shouldn't he? Well, Al, you know what I thought? I think it might. It sounds like the sort of name that Lee Child was playing around with before Jack Reacher. Yes. Like a solid man's name. I tell you what, I'm going to call him John Musk. No, yeah. no, Jack Musk. No, Jack Reacher. It would feel good to slam your fist on your table, <laughs> your desk, and say, get me Musk, <laughs> when a problem arises. Yes. <laughs> Elon's hard-bitten cop brother. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, do you think he's related to Elon? Definitely. (laughs) This kind of social attitude. (laughs) Do you know what Big Mo is, Pierre? Big Mo? Yeah. Big moustache. No. Big Mo is something we do on the show. Al, will you quickly explain? Uh, it's when people tell you something that they think is uh, unknown and interesting, but is actually a really obvious thing that everybody says. Like uh, beautifully that, done. That Big Mo on EastEnders is uh, Gary Oldman's brother. So I've got a Big Mo. Oh. Sting does the backing vocals on Money for Nothing. Oh, oh. no, Pierre looks surprised. I was surprised. My sting knowledge is is low, though. You've ruined my big mo. That's not often I say that. Um, We're talking about a revolting onion bouquet. (laughs) Um, One of our regular correspondents, Ian Angle, Angel, uh, still getting it wrong after all these years, uh, has has texted in, read the onion story. I bet he was upset it was leaked. And, of course, he spelt leaked. Double L, uh, L double E, rather. I've ruined this joke as well. Oh, wow. I mean, it's a disaster for yeah, him. Yeah, sorry about that, Ian. <laughs> so, John Musk. Yeah. And we should say, please do text in on 81215. We'd love to hear from you. I've got a text in. I want to know. Uh, Pierre and I were talking during the break, during the musical interlude, and Pierre said something I related to. He said, I was an eerily formal child. (laughs) That's interesting. Not quite Jacob Rees-Mogg levels, but closer to that than a normal boy. Okay, we're going to go back to onions, by the way. Don't worry. I mean, I'm not, but these boys are. Can you give us an example of your eerie formality as a child? So what's the sort of thing that you would say? Well, even something as simple as calling people sort of sir, like your friend's dad. (laughs) 
Sir? Yeah. What, are you Elvis Presley? <laughs> not, like, not like a double finger gun, sir. No, it wasn't yeah. a double Thank you very much, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, how yeah. would you say it if you're addressing a friend's father? Or just, they, they mm-hmm. drop you off or you're, you're going to their house after school for tea or whatever. Oh, thank, thank, thank you, sir, or whatever. Or, <laughs> or, or, or saying, you know, may I, or using that kind of, the, using the language that you'd use if you were um, not just in the company of uh, an old king, but a king you feared. Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe, um, maybe if you'd had food there, you might say, please, sir, can I have some more? That yes. sort of thing. Yes. yes. And then it's an Oliver Twist story. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, I'd be sold. You see, I... That's a lovely ending to the story. I... Uh, what an origin story you have. Yes. I used. I think I was. When you said that, it just struck a chord, because I was an eerily formal child, mm. and I want to know if any of our readers were eerily formal children. What expressions? Sometimes they're inherited from nans. I call them sort of nans expressions. When kids come out, I don't want kids to say the funniest mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Don't worry, Frank. I would never do that to you in your absence. I would, of course. I know you would, um, but I'm keeping you on a tight leash. Yes. I, for example would say, oh, I'm so sorry to hear about that. That's ghastly. Mm. No child should say ghastly. And you had a disadvantage in the sense that you sounded like a sort of a, well, like a well-spoken English girl, I assume, Mm. which is the scariest voice for a child. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it's the scariest voice, period. Yes, that's true. Mm. Whereas my um, eerie formality was undercut by a thick Johannesburg accent. Mm. Which I think lent it some. <laughs> it's less likely to find in a horror movie. But okay. Very okay. few small <laughs> South African children are haunting mansions anyway. Yes, I did sound a little bit like something from a horror film. Mm. That's absolutely ghastly. Yeah, that makes me think you want it to happen more. Yes, I do. Uh, so yeah, that, that's our that's our text, and we have that texting going, which is uh, what eerily formal things did you say as a child? <laughs> Eight, twelve, fifteen. I'd also like to start another one. In honour of our onion discussion this morning, what ubiquitous food staple do you loathe? Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Have we heard from the outside world? Yes. Um, Iona Faz gets in touch and says oh, my... Uh... me too. <laughs> it's right in the studio. Yes. Uh, I can't find my jingle. Hang on a second. Where's that jingle? I like that. Uh... You know what oh, I'm going to um, slide. Yeah, you know the one, one I mean. Oh, yeah. I can't find it. Anyway, let's play something. We'll play that. That's it. There we go. Thank you, Ina Fez. Uh, says, uh, my YouTube algorithm is currently episodes of The Good Life and Chance in a Million, which is quite sad considering I'm 24. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Au contraire, Iona Fez. Ina Fez or Fez? Uh, Faz. Oh, okay. I would say, do you know what Chance in a Million is, Pierre? I do not. Okay. I must confess, either due to youth or foreignness. <laughs> I felt like I was talking to my French exchange. Do you know what Chance in a Million is, Pierre? <laughs> is there a show with the game? <laughs> Peut-être. How do you say Chance in a Million in French? I don't know. I'm assuming you speak good French. Uh, chance in a... Oh, God. Chance. Uh, chance dans un million. I mean, this is, you know, this is franglais stuff, really. It sounds pathetic. so much better. Anyway, Chance dans un million mm. was a an ITV, I think, sitcom, and Simon Callow played the lead character. Simon, oh, wow. What was his name? Tom Chance. Oh, right. Do you see they put a pun on it? It was very clever. Very good. And his shtick, or I suppose his character trait, if you like, his only one, was that he spoke in note form. So he'd oh, say, a bit like Spider-Man or Spider-Man, as I call him, it does. So I'll say, must go shops now. What? Yes, it was very... Simon sp- Callow? <laughs> yes, yeah. I is swear this a it's prank? true. No, Iona Faz, will you back me up? This is true. <laughs> um, it's quite niche, this stuff, but, you know, if you like it, if you know, you know. Uh, I, thought, um, I thought the text in what eerily uh, formal yes. stuff did you do as a child was quite niche. <laughs> um, but it's actually, um, it's may lit I say, it's lit, it's lit up the switchboard, yeah. Yeah, you're um, saying it's niche. We are talking about a show where the host once did a text in, which was, hmm. what would you rather find in a pool? A corpse <laughs> or... I can't remember what the appropriate word that was used. Uh, it was 
Um, I went to a local swimming pool and the, um, <laughs> the, the pool was closed due to an incident. Uh, and and I, I thought it was a floater, one, one of two kinds. Anyway. So we, we basically did a text in, which was, would you rather find that... Yeah, one or the other. Or a body. Or a body. <laughs> yes. OK, so we're not that uh, niche. 698 has texted, from my nan, I would say 5 and 20 past instead of 25 past yes. when saying the time. Yes. That's from John Littlehampton. I like John, that. I, I love that. It's so true. It's very, it's like, yes, uh, 5, five <clears> and 20. Quarter, from, go on. From my sat-nav, uh, my daughter once said, have we reached our destination? Um, <laughs> oh, which is obviously sat-nav-inspired. <laughs> That's very good. Oh, I love that. I like an eerily formal child, though. It's good. Uh, Julia texted in saying, my best friend's six-year-old daughter opened her front door to me and announced, Margaret has perished, <laughs> referring to her neighbour. <laughs> and my eight-year-old nephew... <laughs> Has always called our new baby a lovely chap. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's one of the best things I've ever heard. Uh, apologies, by the way, for laughing, but it, 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 it was very funny. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. I was asking Pierre about his father. Yes. During the last musical interlude yes because he has messaged me and pointed out that uh it is remiss of me to forget my own creepiest thing i've ever said which <laughs> yes we're doing a, a strange text in this morning which is eerily formal children <laughs> of which i was one uh um, me too and what is it what is uh can we call him papa novelli or does that sound like a sure it sounds a frozen pizza um <laughs> i think it sounds takeaway i'd oh, like i'd like it. to think that it sounds like a fresh takeaway mm. Would um, I like Papa Novelli? I think I would. I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, not so. in an inappropriate way. Don't get no. me wrong. He wouldn't like your dog. Would he not? Well, he, he doesn't like small dogs. He hasn't met Raymond. That's true. Mm. OK. What does he have to say for himself? Well, um, when I was two, my younger sister had just been born and a family friend decided to be nice and ask me how what it was like having a little sister. Mm. Uh, what's, what do you think of your new little sister? You know, that sort mm. of thing. And apparently I said, she disturbs my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Presumably shortly before cycling a tricycle on the ceiling. <laughs> I was going to say, it's fabulously omen. It's very omen, isn't it? Well, I think Again, I... the South African accent would, would have undercut it nicely. But mm. And I liked... You see, I was called... Uh, my sister did have a nickname for me, which was Damien Ema, which she made up, which I, uh, I never... I think it took me a while to realise what that was a reference to, but yeah. I liked being an overly formal child. Eerily formal, we're saying. Um, have we had any uh, other misses from the outside world, Al? We have, actually, and um, I should bring this to your attention, Emily. 364 has texted, Hi, Emily et al, that's and all, um... My dad had a pathological hatred of what he called unmentionables. He could smell <laughs> oh. them from several streets away yes. and felt physically sick, agitated and distressed at their mere mention. Yes! Emily, you are the first person I've come across <gasps> with the same phobia as my dad, sadly oh. no longer with us. And this article this morning has made me... Oh, this has got praise. I'm going to ignore okay. that bit. Um, but, uh, Who is this? 364? 364, yeah. Three, six, Ruth. Ruth? Mm-hmm. I feel so seen. <laughs> I cannot tell you how much this means to me. I mean, ironically, on radio. <laughs> yeah. I should tell you, I am a member, Pierre, of which Alan knows about this, and he's actually been surprisingly non-judgmental about it because I would judge me. No, I mean, I would judge me for this, Alan. It is a bit weird. I am a member of uh, an online, it's sort of a help group, right? Called. Onions are expletive, disgusting. <laughs> right. And I check in sometimes. If I've been to a friend's house and they've served a shepherd's pie, right? let's say. Yeah. Or a big bowl of onions. Oh, well, I would never be friends <laughs> like with apples. someone who did that, ever. If I yeah. could smell onions in your house, I'm not coming in. You're like a vampire. <laughs> yeah. It's not the first time someone said that. <laughs> but last time it was in the 90s, I was having a lot of late nights. But um, if I go to someone's house and they'll serve a shepherd's pie... I don't mind if the onion is so caramelised that it's molasses brown. I can handle that if I can barely taste it. 
Sort of, it has to be woodland brown, though. Got it. I liked molasses brown. That's okay, should we stick with that? that yeah. I want. Let's stick with molasses. If, however, has happened recently, there are white, like it's towy veneers white. Oh. Sticks of onion gleaming in the shepherd's pie. I can't. With still crunch to them. Oh, don't. <laughs> Do you know how triggering that is for me? The word crunch. Just the. Just associating those two things. It's on, but I go to this website, to this um, Reddit group, because I find it really helpful. Hmm. I'll check in. I'll, again, I'll, I'll have an experience where someone will say, "Oh, you don't mind cooked, do you?" I mean, they would never say to the vegetarian, "Oh, I've got some mince. You don't mind if it's cooked, though, do you?" <laughs> do you see? <laughs> no onions means no onions. Read my lips. Yes, my lips are the ones that don't smell of onions. Have we heard from our divine readers? We have. Um, a lot of people getting in touch with ubiquitous foodstuffs they loathe. Oh, go on. Uh, a lot of eggs popping up. Oh, yeah. Oh, Very I, common. Do you know? Sulfurous. I've never got on with eggs. No? no. At, an, at an onion level or? Oh, nothing's ever at an onion level. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> in this world. Um... But I get, I hear them. Mm. What have they got to say about it? Um, it's it's uh, oh, just it's, eggs. Uh, uh, surreally, it is a list of tweets <laughs> just with the word egg. It seems like it's, it's quite intimidating in a way. Mm. Um, and interestingly, bananas have popped up. We've got really? a message saying bananas, dry, slimy, potential for mushy, just wrong. Hypocritically, that is from Anna Banana. <laughs> You know, it sounds like it sounds like you need to work on your self-loathing. Mm. Dry and yeah. slimy, though. That's a good point that I'd never considered about bananas. They can be both. To, well, to be fair, I've dated people who are guilty of both of those things. <laughs> Dry and slimy. Um, I want to know a little bit more about your week, Pierre. You're the guest. Ah. Tell well, us what you've been up to, please. Well, I uh, I'm a natural risk taker. So are you? yes, definitely. So when my uh, my future brother-in-law. Uh, said that uh, he was going to be spending uh, one of his rare <laughs> weekend evenings uh, out playing in a oh. Magic the Gathering card tournament. What's that, please? Uh, <laughs> uh, imagine a card game based around sort of Lord of the Ringsy style stuff, fantasy, sort of orcs and elves and things. Oh. And now make that card game extremely complicated. <laughs> OK, I like you, and we've got on well so far... But if we're going to get onto wizards and orcs, we're going to have a problem. Okay. Well, this is very much that territory. Uh, now, I have played the game a couple—I would say twice—at this point. And right. once he said that, I said, "I'm in." I sort of invited myself because I thought I've never recklessly entered a tournament without having any expertise or training, and this is probably the safest tournament in which to do that. <laughs> yeah. Martial arts. Do, no. Is it fancy dress? Do you yeah. put a wizard's costume on? No. Oh, okay, okay. No, no. Come on, Emily. That would belittle the um, magic, the dragon game, whatever it is. Is it? Are there dragon thing? Are there dragons? Well, there's on like the cards. W E of the card game. <laughs> yes. Yes. Blood in the ring. So, is it live action? Yeah, you have to play with a with a person, um, with your cards, your deck of cards, and uh, I would say it What's was a very. That? Someone's uh, phone went off. Oh, it was me. It was mine. Okay. <laughs> it was a very male environment. There was the of of the tournament uh, tournamentees, mm. tournament attendees. There was mm -hmm. one one lady with blue hair, so it's all lining up, you know. Oh. Uh, was it blue hair in a young sort of Gen Z yes. way, rather than a lady in <laughs> Benny Hill sitting Ag at the hairdresser's Ag way, Agatha. blue wince? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like thought she was at the bingo. Yes. See, I, I would have really loved that woman if she'd have been at the Magic Gathering. Oh, what yeah. was the average age at the Magic Gathering? That question to Pierre Novelli. I did uh, play uh, against a guy who I assumed was sort of 25 to 30 and, and turned out to be 48. So I don't know oh. what it is about. Presumably there's a, okay, there's a portrait of him Okay, I don't really like somewhere. how you're saying that. Like, that's very old. No, okay. but I mean, he looked like, if he looked younger than me. He looked mm -hmm. like elfin, I would say, appropriately. Did he look bus businessman-like? Did he have a suit or something? No, no, no. They all, they all, everyone there looks fairly like they they were fans of of Jet TV before the storm. Oh, <laughs> big Jet TV fans. Pre-storm. I'm going to be so, yeah, very pre-storm big Jet TV. Yes. That's the highest compliment. Yes, you can give. So, uh, just tell me in a word. 
What would you sum up the vibe at the Magic Gathering? Was it magical? Uh, <laughs> intense, I would say, <laughs> is the vibe, I, the, the, the word I would use to describe the vibe. OK, I like intense. We're going to mm. hear more. Pierre, our guest, mm. was telling us about his little magic gathering. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The Magic the, ga- magic the Gathering uh, oh, tournament. I, I do apologise. Magic, oh, right. comma, the ga- very important. Colon, maybe. Oh. We could, be, we could be in that sort of territory. You strike me as a... lie. When yeah. you set this up as um, you being high on risk-taking, I <laughs> thought it might include, like, a motorbike track day or something. Yeah. And it turns out it's card playing with... Um, I'm going to say it dorks. That's, oh, yes. that's, what it, that's what it ends up being. Look, Alan, it's not just dorks. There are nerds and geeks there as well. <laughs> so, all, all, including myself. I mean, I'm, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, you, sh- you should have seen me walking in slow mo <laughs> through the uh, through the doors like a, a cowboy, uh, a bar, you know. And when you get there, <laughs> yes. I mean, I don't want to suggest it's somewhat anticlimactic. Yeah. But you you get there for your big battle, and you sit at yes. a table and play cards. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very much so. Mm. And I was roundly trounced. Oh, that sounds bad. It, uh, yeah, I was. I was absolutely uh, uh, humiliated by these what, expert players. What <laughs> I had do no you, idea what I was doing. What do you have to do? I mean, is it sort of medieval? Do you swap sort of leather tabards for? Oh, it's not. No, it's not trading. No, oh, okay. that, no, it's very much casting spells and and sort of atta- sending a goblin to attack someone and things. That's yeah, a whole it's, different area of expertise. I feel such a dorks, fool. What do these dorks, nerds, and geeks drink during it? Are they having a mead or are they? <laughs> I think if mead was on offer, they'd they'd have to replace the barrel, but um, <laughs> the <laughs> the wooden barrel. But they 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 mostly seem to be drinking uh, your your IPAs and your lagers. You right. see, I have. To be honest, these people, I like these. These are my people. They were very well. Oh, they're so nice. But I don't. It's the games that trouble me. Mm. Uh, would Frank Skinner like Magic, comma the Gathering? I think it sounds very up his straza. I think he'd like the cards. The cards themselves. The art is very sort of. Uh-huh. It's all very beautifully made, and there's a lot of sort of interesting phrasing and little bits of sort of mythos and things that you okay. can get into. The actual game itself can be a bit tediously mathematical to be honest but okay uh, sounds uh, my idea of hell actually mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. your two favorite that things and... orcs and maths yeah what do they serve yeah. onions <laughs> yeah, onion milkshakes in the middle <laughs> <laughs> free onion with every tournament entry i mean they should just call it magic and onions the gathering if they want <laughs> to really uh, keep me away we've actually got some advice re-onions for you emily two uh, uh eight 686 has said onions are the enemy and seem to appear in every item on a restaurant menu. I have intolerance to onions <gasps> and have to avoid them or yes. the consequences are not good. Well, I know um, what they mean by that. Yeah. Well, here's the bit of advice that I think is controversial. To avoid onions, move to China, where they are used in very few meals. Mm-hmm. Uh, really? Unless you're at the all-you-can-eat buffet in Chinatown, in which case <laughs> they're used predominantly in every meal. Yes. Oh. Oh, oh I mean, it seems quite a drastic step to take. Moving yeah, to let's not um, forget they welded their citizens into their homes at the start of the pandemic. Let's not forget that. And fed the onions. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah, yeah. radio. Most things have to do radio. <laughs> um, I don't think I'll be doing that. But you know what? What has been nice about this morning is that I no longer feel alone. You know, I've mm. shared it. I made myself vulnerable talking about onions. And it turns out there are others that feel similarly. Doesn't. <laughs> well, two. But, you know, <laughs> stop. <laughs> Radio. We're talking about how I hate onions. We're talking about how our readers hate other ubiquitous... Yes. ...sort of staple foods. Things you come across too often. Um, Crowey Jr. seems to have not taken that the right way. They've Crowey Jr.? Crowey Jr. Is that Russell's child? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. That's quite sort of Antipodean, isn't yeah, it? Come Crow- on, but Crowey Jr. Crowey Jr., I've told you. Yeah. I can do that. I am a half antipathy, and thank yeah. you. Uh, well, they've said pulled pork, and I'd love to know where they live. That oh, they can't oh. move from pulled pork. I was going to say West Eleven, I would imagine in London. Yeah, uh, pulled pork. Uh, I would say that's quite. I know that's a staple. They're beset on all sides by pulled yeah. pork. <laughs> I don't. But mm. we get eggs. Seems to be eggs and bananas. Eggs, bananas. Um, a lot of 
uh, sweet corn, uh, oh. celery, mayonnaise is coming up a lot, which is not okay. surprising, texture-wise. Right. Fair enough. Also oh, yeah. eggs. Yeah, that's yeah, correct. Yeah. To be fair, that's double eggs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mayonnaise, yeah. Um, and mean, David Palmer, man after my own heart, baked beans. Can't stand them. Oh, you'd, oh. you'd think for him it would be ham. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've also had in the midst of cockroach. <laughs> see what you think. <laughs> we've also been running another uh, text in about. Um, when you say running, being, it's rather being, more chaotic. Being eerily formal when a child, and 832 mm. has an excellent contribution. Mm. Uh, when I was about eight, my younger brother pushed me over in the kitchen and I fell onto the wine rack in the corner of the kitchen <laughs> and I said what was apparently a very, uh, in what was apparently a very arch way, you pushed me into the pheasant gully. <laughs> my, parent, my parents still quote it to this day. <laughs> Strong <word. laughs> I love that. Who was that, please, Al? Oh, I don't know. Don't worry. You'll get to it. I have another observation to make this morning, which I'd like to point out to you, which is the weather presenters. They are a little bit, at the moment, there's a vibe about them, which is quite Martine McCutcheon. This is my moment. Yeah. It really is. This is what we train for. That's the sort of thing they say Mm -hmm. to themselves on... They're quite... Some of them look... There's two approaches. Mm. Some of them are really coming at this in a sort of presidential campaign way. Like, I'm going to make the most... I'm going to milk this. Some of them look a bit... They've got that, my wife's left me, I'm on the sofa beard. Oh. They haven't been to bed. They've been up tracking the storm. Yeah, exactly. You know, whatever works for them. I've got the same beard, but the wife is still here. That's uh, <laughs> the side issues. Just, it's more a comment on beards, really. <laughs> Breaking news from the Cockrell House. Yes. <laughs> I like it. Al, what have you been up to, please? I want to know what's been happening. Shay Cockrell. Oh, is this... Um, uh, I mean, I believe I'm getting the fez, as you're, uh, even as you're asking how I've been. Um, the producer yeah, is waving what... the fez, but, you know, not what, what I like to keep her on her toes. Mainly watching bullies get earned on YouTube, but I'm oh. I'm sure there's other stuff. Yes, that's, that's our other text, and we should say is um, <laughs> what is your YouTube, YouTube algorithm? algorithm? <laughs> We've established that mine um, features dogs, some sort of gentle self-help, and Jay Z. I mean, you know, pretty good. Do you like it? Yeah. Okay. The triumvirate. I like you, Pierre. You can stay. Frank Skinner. What, what else has been happening, please? Well, speaking of um, my goblins and ghouls-themed tournaments, there, there are real ghosts out there, real spirits. Apparently in Toya Wilcox's attic, a violent ghost is living in there and attacked a medium. Oh, yes. Now, I love a ghost story. Do I mean, you? when I say a ghost story, not that kind of story. Not it was a dark and stormy night and all that. Cause, but I like a story about someone having a ghost thinking they have a ghost in their house. Mm-hmm. It always makes me smile. I don't know if that's the intended. <laughs> no, but I like the concept of a paranormal investigator. Yeah. Is that a proper job, Eight, twelve, fifteen. Can you put that on a passport? Can uh, you say I'm, I'm a paranormal sure as, investigator? Um, I'm not sure as comedians slash broadcasters <laughs> we're entitled to decide what is a proper job, <laughs> absolutely, honestly. Do yes. you know, I think you've owned me there. Fair enough. Um... But it is it is a strange career choice, I would well, say. Well, the expert on this is um, is something of a character, <laughs> I would suggest. Is he a colourful, self-styled, colourful character, he's, Al? As Al Frank would say. He's got a strange, almost like bulletproof vest-style <laughs> gilet <laughs> um, body cam thing on, like he thinks he's come straight from police camera action or something. Why are paranormal investigators wear tabards? Why do they wear body cams? It's in case the ghosts like sue them. He's wearing Kevlar or something. I don't get it. I don't know what he was expecting. You would think they would wear... I would, I mean, I would suggest if I was a ghost stylist, a paranormal investigator stylist, again, even more niche job, I would suggest they wore sort of ghostly garb in order yeah. to fit in with the community more. I'd mm-hmm. wear a sheet with eye holes. 
Yeah. So when a, if a ghost appears that's too scary, you can say, yeah, tell me about it. I'm looking for these guys as well. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I want to haunt them so bad. Yeah. And you sort of fold on and go, oh, I know. I've had a nightmare as well. Yeah. I want to go for a drink, mate. But a sheet with eye holes, but as Alan has pointed out previously on this show, Reebok trainers underneath, yeah. poking through. Always out in the regional ghost train. It's not a ghost without a Reebok trainer poking through. No. It's the spookiest type of trainer. But this uh, this character, is he called... I mean, it's your classic paranormal investigator name. He's called Barry. Yep. <laughs> yeah. They were spent f- double R, spelt double R-I, Barry. Oh. Anyway. That's the magical sort of twist on it. Yeah. Oh, it's very magic, the gathering. <laughs> very well-maintained beard Barry has trimmed. Oh, uh, yes. That goes well with oh. waistcoats. <laughs> well, Barry was filming an episode for a show called Celebrity... Watson Toya's Attic. Oh, no. <laughs> no, that's none of your business. It was called mm. Celebrity Help! Exclamation mark. My house is haunted. Mm. OK? Now, let's do it in the tone that they would have... The tone they would have chosen. Yeah. Celebrity, help, my house is haunted. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Do you like that? That is good. That was really well acted, that. (laughs) I was there in the attic. Giving you, uh, if you want to see more of that acting, uh, you can see my work on Dare the Triffids. Currently (laughs) available. It's on iPlayer currently, but you can purchase it. Did you know that, Pierre? I did not. Okay. You look a little bit more impressed by me now. Uh, I wasn't a very good actor. No. No. Oh, you were a minute ago. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I believe you. I was Unless trying to build myself up, but I did, that was exactly how I acted. I think I had one line where I had to say, hey, can't you kiss her indoors? <laughs> That's good. Did you like it? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't deliver it as well as I could. You're good at exclaiming, hey and help <laughs> so far have been very good. <laughs> um, so anyway, Barry on Celebrity Help. Can you Can you try and do it? Uh, I'd think I, I think I would naturally undercut the level of seriousness that they're expecting. <laughs> Give it a go, celebrity help. My house is celebrity haunted. Celebrity help. My house is haunted. Mm. I can't even. No, I'm the, really happy. The I, idea of saying that so sincerely. I'm really happy with that. Mm. I think they might use it. We're talking about ghosts behaving very badly. Yeah. Is that a sequel to... Is that a planned sequel to men behaving badly? Where the ghost drunk beer and, and so lived with ladettes. <laughs> well, it's funny you should say the ghost drinking beer because there's a bit where um, Barry is being attacked. I don't want to spoil the, uh, the, the clip. But Barry's being attacked and he's clutching his neck and somebody off camera is saying, I think to the ghosts, yes. step away, you don't have permission to do that. You don't have permission to do that. And Can I tell you exactly what she says at heart? And then yeah, she says, do. it's a woman, and she says, step away, please. Step away, please. You do not have permission to do that. <laughs> now, here's my question. Are ghosts much more rule-oriented than I I realised. When I'm a ghost, I was kind of hoping to express my more libertarian side and ignore rules, and it turns out if they're really admin-driven, I don't want to be a ghost as much as I thought I did. I mean, they don't strike me, ghosts, as sticklers for regulations. They walk through walls. They break into houses. Exactly. They walk through walls. Yeah. They break walls into gone, houses. Sort of. They break objects. They're very noisy during residential quiet hours. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you say? I mean, the job description of a ghost, it doesn't... A, a poltergeist. You can't have a rule-abiding poltergeist. <laughs> Carefully yeah, smashing yeah. things that need to be smashed for the recycling. But yeah, it they does... go into libraries and put books back, do they? <laughs> <laughs> They're messing them up. Do you think the behavioural demands she's making of the ghosts are, are, let's say, a little unrealistic? Yes, although it's yeah. d- dangerous to bring the word unrealistic into this, ge- <laughs> to this realm, I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think once we start oh, pulling so we've the got a sceptic in our midst, <laughs> have we? <laughs> well, she says there's an audio recording of the ghost... At one point, and at least it's quite original because normally when you hear these ghost audio recordings, mm. they they're quite dramatic, melodramatic, and histrionic ghosts. They always hiss, don't they? Yeah. Mm. 
and they speak in a baritone. Yes. This ghost, I think this was a bit of a a soul funk loving ghost because this ghost mm. said, "Get down, get down," repeatedly. <laughs> yeah. I like that kind of ghost. It could be James Brown. Oh, imagine yeah. if it was. <laughs> Causing chaos. I mean, I hope he'd do a bit more than that if he was to return. He would be a he'd he'd come in as a poltergeist and knock everything over, and then he'd stagger <laughs> off stage under a cape and then mm-hmm. be brought back on. I just can't <laughs> imagine. Big if the the legendary James Brown returned, the first thing on his list would be I must go to Toys Attic <laughs> yes. to yeah. rearrange to some furniture <laughs> to choke Barry the paranormal investigator. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting, isn't it? Because this man said it was the most scared. Barry said it was the most scared he'd been in twenty years. Yeah. yeah. He, he, to be fair, he does round up everything into decades. So it could just be like ten and a half years. Yeah. To be fair, so do I, because once you get to my age, that's what happens, dear. On that bombshell, um, that's all we've got time for. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here with us this morning, Pierre. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Me. And you, of course, as ever, Cockrell. Frank will be back next week. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I'm sure he will be. Uh, thank you for joining us this morning. We'll be off now. Be seeing you. This is Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio.